You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. the Thunderquack podcast enough said for our review of marvel studios eternals there's no the by the way you guys there's no the it's just eternals uh, i am one of your hosts michael cohen alongside the astonishing amanda conkin and spectacular curtis finley how's it going guys doing good doing good excited to doing talk good. about this movie although not as excited as i was, was hoping that i would be to talk about this movie that's I'm still fair. getting over the fact that it's called Eternals and not The Eternals. That was definitely <laughs> that's a it's a it's a shocker, <laughs> that right? The, that was the I just my whole life is in a lie this last week. Well, so so they they when they announced it, it was it was The Eternals, and then the, and then at some point, like I think about a month or two ago, they dropped the the from it, and uh, it just became Marvel but, Studios okay, Eternals. See, it's The Eternals, just like it's the X Men. Right, the yeah. movie's just called yeah. X Men. Yeah, yeah. Did I definitely did I definitely tweet the wrong account this whole time that I've been tweeting at the Eternals? There's definitely a the Eternals account. Yep, hundred percent. <laughs> That's what happened. Yep. <laughs> and it's not the official account. <laughs> so upsetting. <laughs> so you've just been you've just been tweeting. I have willy nilly at willy like just at the Eternals. I'm so professional. Unbelievable. Awesome. I, I, awesome. I, yeah. So, um, we, we're a little bit out of order, right? I mean, we, we talked about this on the last episode, uh, when we did what if, but I, 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 we, we just, we just kind of never did a Shang-Chi, uh, <laughs> review. It just never happened. It didn't coalesce. Um, so we're doing Eternals now, but our next one will be for Shang-Chi and then after that will be Spider-Man No Way Home. Right? Um or uh, did, did or we determine this? I don't or I don't remember which comes I, first. We gotta we gotta look at that. Um <laughs> whichever one comes yeah. first we'll do we'll do next. Yeah. I uh, but uh but 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 for this episode we are going to be talking about Eternals. Uh, the 26th feature film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe released on November 5th, 2021 in actual real life movie theaters um, <laughs> produced by Kevin Feige and Nate Moore, executive producers, Victoria Alonzo, Luis, Luis D'Esposito, Kevin Delanoy, uh, directed by Chloe Zhao with screenplay by Chloe Zhao, Patrick Burley, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to guess. I, uh, 
uh, Ryan Furpo and Kaz Furpo and store screen story by Ryan Furpo and Kaz Furpo. Uh, Curtis, what does screen story by mean? Well, let me tell you, screen, screen story credit is given when a screenplay is based on source material, but the screenplay story is new and substantially different from the source's material. So, so the, the, the distinction, the interesting distinction there is that, is that a lot of the other ones are, it's story by, but this one is screen story by, which was the first time that I had seen that. So, uh, and this uh, makes a lot of sense to me because, because, um, the Iron Man, for instance, the Iron Man movie is a pretty much a beat by beat retelling of Iron Man's origin story. Yeah. But this Eternals is nothing like the comic Eternals. I mean, there's similarities, but it's very, very different. Uh, yeah, so it, screen it, it, story. It's based like from on... from from scene one. It's basically like off track <laughs> in, yeah. into new stuff. But uh, music by uh, Ramin Jawadi, who people would uh, be familiar with from Game of Thrones. Uh, actually, he he also uh, did the score, I think, for the first Iron Man. So, uh, oh, wow. not not really? his first MCU. Marvel yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, and starring uh, uh, Gemma Chan as Cersei, Richard Madden as Icarus, Angelina Jolie as Thena, Noe, uh, <laughs> Salma <laughs> Hayek as Ajax, Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman, Kamel Nanjiani as Kingo. Leah McHugh as Sprite, Brian Tyree Henry as uh, Feistos. Fast they, they pronounce it like three different ways in the movie. Uh, Lauren Ridloff as Makari. Barry, uh, Ke- is this Keegan or Kogan? I, Amanda, you would know. Yes. Well, you would think. <laughs> you I was like, I should, Google, I should Google how you say his name. Okay, well, like, whatever. It's one of those. I feel like it's one of those as Druig. Uh, be- better Ezra Miller as Druig. Uh, Don, <laughs> oh, no. Don Lee as Gilgamesh, uh, Harish Patel as Karun. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll save that for our MVP section. And Bill Skarsgård <laughs> as Crow. Uh, man, what like? Oh, man, we're like, all gonna have the same MVP again. <laughs> <laughs> such a ridiculous cast. Um, but hey, hey. What a ridiculous cast. Amazing. Don't worry. Several of these people are going to be dead after about 15 minutes of screen time. So uh, (laughs) granted, granted the movie, the movie will feel like it's about four hours long. So 15 minutes of screen time feels like about half of the movie. Um, That's that's fair. Time has no meaning in this film. It just has no meaning. And also death has no meaning because (laughs) as we find out, very spoilerifically, which I think if everybody's listening to this podcast, you understand. But oh the yeah, thing that you, be- I you like better know that, that we're gonna spoil it. They can, they can, they could bring everybody back. Yeah, because they like all they need is their memories, and I feel like those are downloadable if they save the hard drive properly. I feel like <laughs> the Celestials yes. could yeah. bring them back. I just uh, like I just I just would be really sad if there was another movie without Don Lee in it because he's great. I agree. I agree. Uh, let's get let's get into our overall thoughts. Amanda, you kick us okay. off. Do you want? Okay. This is my overall thoughts for this movie are that I went into it knowing people were like, you know, are you looking at the reviews? And I'm like, no, 
I'm going to go enjoy myself a Marvel movie because yeah. I would like to see it. And the cast is spectacular. And I always like Marvel movies. And it was true. I came out of the movie knowing the flaws. Like you watch it and yeah. you're like, oh, there's, yep. Mm-hmm, this, yep. However, I was spectacularly impressed <laughs> by, I knew that I was going to like Kingo going into the movie. Cause I like Kamal Nanjiani. He's like, great um but i thought that i was gonna hate druig and he's like him and makari's relationship in the film was like amazing and incredible and just so unexpected and i love it when you can put little pockets of character building in stuff and i will say i know that they tried really hard there's too many characters in this and i think that a lot of the stories that could have been really well developed and the and the journeys for characters um got a little bit underserved but that relationship worked because it was so uh, sort of out of left field and the little bits that we got were just like, they were comedic and, and, and genuine. And it was just so unexpected for me to come around away from the, so I didn't, I didn't like what I thought I would like about the, about the movie. And my overall thoughts are that in a, I, I like Chloe Zhao's work. And I think that what she does really well is, uh, is like that human out, like character building and the really human moments. Mm. And I think that that relationship is so unique to this particular film that it feels like she is a huge like part of building that, um, which I think is really uh, was really great. And in everything else that that all the magic and all of the like everybody else's storylines that are sort of are reliant on other things. There's just something kind of interesting to see the core of how she's getting at storytelling and like character building that I think if this was a miniseries would have been maybe much more apparent with some of the other characters as well. Because mm. I, so I've seen it twice uh, because I did wind up uh, taking somebody else next uh, yesterday. Cause I was like, Oh, we're, we're podcasting about it. I'm going to go watch it a second time. And I did take a bathroom bathroom break. The first time I watched it when they were on the plane and Kingo had his first um, little moment with Sprite. And so I had missed that the first time around. And so my first, um, my first understanding of their relationship came when he was like, like making fun of her uh, creeping on uh, Icarus in the forest. And I was like, that came out of left field, but then having watched it and been like, Oh no, they they've taught, they like touched base like three times through the movies. And there's sort of those, like that nice relationship between the two of them as well. It made me realize that they really do. If you like on the second watch, they do really try to get these really unique character moments all the way through with different uh, relationships. But my biggest thing in this, we can, I want to know your guys' thoughts because my biggest overall thought is that I'm really, I really am frustrated by uh, Icarus and Dane both being uh, love interests for Cersei. I think it muddied it up for me because Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know why I was supposed to care about Icarus when I already cared about Dane. And then, and then I'm like, also, I don't really care about either. Like Richard Madden is so milk toast. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, cool. You're Icarus. I guess I should care about you, but I just didn't. And so then when he turns, I'm like, meh, you're the worst anyways. So that's fine. (laughs) Anyways, that's, those are my, my overall thoughts are that I think that it was, I'm excited to see what they do with Dane Whitman, but I don't know if this was necessarily the right place because I think he distracted a little bit from the, what could have been a really interesting development between Cersei and Icarus. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that I miss that. So again, just I'm focusing on the characters in this because the movie 
you don't know what's going on in the movie until an hour into it. Uh, we've talked about this before, Mike. It's the, uh, what is it? Jupiter ascending paradox where you're yeah. like, why does Jupiter ascending suck? And it's because you don't know what that movie's about until an hour into it. I do feel like I got a little bit of that tonally in this movie. So what I did latch onto and the thing that I could relate to is the care, the characters. Cause there's so many of them and the, the acting is so like, I love those actors. And I think that there's something in each of the roles that they brought to it. So I, I tend to focus on those positive lights and that's my overall thoughts is that while there are some flaws in this movie, I am joyfully optimistic uh, because it is Marvel and I let it, I let it get a pass in many ways. So yeah. That's uh, yeah. Curtis. How about you? Uh, well, I agree with Amanda in that these characters are great. I thought that the, the casting here is absolutely fantastic. Um, the, the updates and changes that they made to a lot of these characters are really, really fresh and new and exciting. And I'm happy that they did it. Um, what I am, what I don't like about this movie is that it's the whole story, the screen story thing here. It's like if they had stuck to the original concept of the Eternals, mm -hmm. I think that we would have had a much more interesting movie. Um, they treated these guys like space gods when they're not space gods. The Celestials are the space gods. The, the, the purpose of the Eternals is that the Celestials created humans and Eternals and Deviants all to live on Earth together. And they, they totally ruined that here. They, um, they turned the deviants into mindless monsters when they're supposed to be a very intelligent race, mm -hmm. um, just, but they're just a warring race, whereas the Eternals are the peaceful race, and that's where we get the, the conflict. Um, it's like if they rebooted Star Wars they, and turned all of the Sith Lords into mindless zombies. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's not interesting. Wait. This is not an interesting movie anymore. <laughs> so I was quite... I was I was surprised that they went in that direction because we have movies already where it's just the bad guys facing monsters um and like that's that's not it's not exciting it's boring so that's kind of how it's kind of how this movie came off in my opinion yeah yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I, I agree with both of you guys. I. I, I think. I think you've both uh, made a lot of the points that I would make. Um, I do think that the biggest thing that this movie suffers from is is the lack of a coherent nemesis. Which, yeah, that is that's ultimately I think what these movies live and die by. Uh, what like when we think about the best MCU entries. Oftentimes, one of the reasons that they're at their best is because they have a phenomenal villain, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Black Panther, yeah. Shang-Chi, Infinity War and Endgame, right? Like, and then we think about the ones that are weak, Thor the Dark World, right? <laughs> Who even remembers like, that guy's name? No, and like right? the same with this one, like the, the main... <sighs> The main uh, deviant who, yeah. you know, he gets his human form back. They never once say his name. 
His name is Crow. I, I had to. I I didn't know that. I saw yeah. you guys write it on the sheet that we're like. Yeah. I was like, oh, you. Yeah, and he he is the he is like the one of the most prominent deviants in the comics, and we're not going to yeah. give him a name in the movie. He also has a huge romantic relationship with Thena, and and they are kind of going to toss that aside. I think. So so I think I think one of the one of the things that will become more clear as time goes on is how much of this movie is actually just set up for other stories yeah. and that's I what think, i think too. i think it, if yep. if you've watched the 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 um disney plus day uh marvel and the mcu 2021 uh, sizzle no. reel that they put together there are some sneak peeks at stuff that's coming next year uh, and one of those things is miss marvel and Miss mm-hmm. Marvel appears to have a slightly different power set yep. than we than we're used to with her. Um, this is more than likely because of the fact that we tried in humans on ABC. It did not go. And uh, and so now it's like, OK, well, we're not going to talk about Inhumans. We're not going to talk about Terrigen Miss. We're not going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, or any of that stuff because it's just muddy, right? Like. Like, I think they want to keep that separate. And I, I do anticipate that that Miss Marvel will be connected in some way to the Celestials and Eternals, they, that, that that's something that they're going to set up. I, I, I was super disappointed because I really thought that we were going to start to get our hints at, at uh, at the mutants that that um right yeah. that the convergence and and uh and and the infinity stones and stuff like that i mean like i my 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 we theory of of it's 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 not off the table right yep. but i just thought that we were going to get at least one concrete piece of evidence to point us in that direction and right. instead this movie felt like it was the opposite. It felt like it was almost working really hard to disconnect itself from the rest of the MCU story because they needed to make the excuse of, oh, well, the Eternals couldn't help. And and to me, like, like I was very satisfied with what we got in the trailers of, of like, well, we were we were told not to. Right. Like we have a mission and that wasn't part of our mission, but, but the movie repeatedly is like, is like, by the way, you can't interfere. You guys, Hey guys, don't interfere. Hey guys, Icarus and Cersei are holding hands again. Remember that because it's important because nothing about the actual performances or chemistry is going to let you know that these two are in love. But don't worry, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to remind you every 15 minutes with another flashback of them holding hands. So don't, don't worry about that. But guys don't interfere. Okay. And it's like, all you needed to do was say it once and move on from it. And it's like, okay, you're telling us that they weren't allowed to interfere. That's why they weren't part of infinity war and end game. That's why they weren't part of the first Avengers, right? Whatever. You don't need to keep relitigating it every half an hour in the movie. Every time we introduce another character. Yeah, I know. And that's why we couldn't interfere. It's a, yes, we know, we know we, yes, it's, and it's, it's like they, they, they also spent a lot of time reintroducing the problem every time they picked up a new yeah. character. It was just there. there's a, there is a right way and a wrong way to do the building a team or, or like, like getting the team back together. And I feel like this should have been constructed a little bit more like a heist and a little bit less like, uh, uh, 19 
60s 1970s epic uh because it tries to do that like it tries to have like that 10 commandments ben her i sort of like like wow look at the grandeur and scope of this story and it's and it's like well i mean like you guys know that these stories take place in a in a in a like a, a cinematic universe that is literally a universe like like we we as an audience know that while this is happening, the Guardians are off somewhere doing something crazy, and Thor is off somewhere doing something crazy, and characters that haven't been introduced yet, but we know are coming, like the Silver Surfer and Galactus, are off doing something crazy. Like like we know that it's the Marvel universe. You don't like like it. it the the grandeur and scope is actually like baked in. You don't need to go out of your way. But I feel like the the movie spent a lot of time going out of its way to be like, can you believe it? Seven thousand years, you guys. They've they've been on this planet for seven thousand years, and it's like, yeah, it's also the approximate runtime of the film. So, I, <laughs> I, you know, we get it. Like they really they really put you through that in real time. Yeah, I would have really liked it if they would have just started on it. No, no stupid. Um, ha- you know, like half baked Star Wars crawl at the beginning that really annoyed me. Uh, you either do it or don't do it, right? Like, like yeah. either that text is moving or it's not. Like, like, I, yeah. Also, I, I did, it didn't I did not give like you that. any information. It didn't give you it any didn't. information. It that wasn't you don't discover throughout the movie. Like, exactly. It's start on, start on the flashback of 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 them arriving on Earth. I don't need to know the like the like where they came from stuff or whatever. Like, like, then and, and this is obviously gonna just be me personally. I know that a lot of the audience probably needs these cues and stuff, but it's like I don't need to know that you know. Like, we don't need like a a, a ten minute thing of the Celestials setting them up and whatever and sending them out and and whatever and then you know half an hour of them getting to Earth and and I. I not interfering by completely interfering uh, like and and introducing a MacGuffin dagger that has nothing to do with the plot and never comes back. Such a weird choice. Just like I don't remember that. What was that? She she she, she picks the up the, the she picks yeah. up the dagger and like and and metamorphoses it into that thing. Oh, yeah. And then right. we cut to we cut to it like on the screen and in i don't know and it's an ancient artifact in a museum that's right yeah i do i do understand again i watched it a second time and Mm. the purpose of that is to show how they did help intelligent life evolve yeah i I agree with that like in terms of like i understand why but again because they hammer you over the head with it like four yeah but but we're gonna get a scene an hour later in the movie where feistos is like it's like hey check this out i call it the steam engine and it's like what do you mean you call it the steam engine you guys came here on a spaceship. You came here on a spaceship that is so advanced it just looks like like uh, goo gaws and zimzams flipping around in circles. Yeah, yeah. Like it it makes no logical sense and it doesn't need to. Like I'm not saying like oh we need to see the mechanics of their ship, but it's like but you guys your science is so advanced. I don't understand why one of your characters is inventing things. So he it's had to like, purposely think, how can I make this as rudimentary as possible? Yeah. So that these got these peons on earth can, can it's understand such a, it. It's, it's such a weirdly unnecessary, uh, like so many of the flashback moments, they're like these weirdly unnecessary explained because- I, I, things of like, of like, this is why we're here, you guys. And it's like, I don't know. It just, but it's it, also it, explaining what their lot. characters 
it's also explaining what their characters do for people yeah. that don't quite catch on to all the stuff that they're doing throughout the movie, which I think is a little bit like that because you can tell if somebody doesn't understand yeah. that he's the I, I, like. I think I I would have I would have constructed it a little bit more like uh like like a Star Trek crew of like everybody yeah. everybody has their like like you're like the chief science officer you're the medical you're this you're that you're the captain you're blah right like like to make it a little bit easier to just like have a shorthand and understand that like oh they're they're a spaceship crew that comes to a planet where there's deviants they kill all of the deviants but they all have their specializations as a, but but ultimately like, not ultimately but like it, eventually we get to the part where it's like well you're manufactured and so they're all manufactured to do different things and have different powers or whatever but it was just there was just like a little bit it was just a little bit too much of all of that stuff that that for me got in the way of what was important about the movie which was the characters which i which is the part that like because i know i'm being really negative and 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 i'm i'm yucking it up a little bit i am playing these things up for jokes but <laughs> but i do actually love several of these characters unfortunately i think my favorite one like Gil gilgamesh dies so it's mm -hmm. like i'm glad i invested in him for the 10 minutes that we get to see him on screen <laughs> so that he could die um and yeah, I, I thought like that, like, it's just, One it's that things... stuff. It's those aspects of it. It This was a really, really good uh, two or three season Disney plus show that they decided to make a movie out they of. Make a movie. And that's a hundred percent, hundred percent what it is. Because what you're talking about there is like the opening scene didn't even do what it was supposed to do. Like you're supposed to have a real yeah. good action scene, but it's supposed to tell you the core of each of the characters. And the problem is they can only include the fighting Eternals in those kinds of sequences. So you don't know yeah. what it is that Druig and, and uh, Festos and Sprite and, uh, and Circe do because you can't see them in the fight and Ajax as well. Like you sort of get to see Ajax obviously fix uh, Icarus, but like it, if you miss that in the opening sequence where you introduce the characters, you yeah. then have to shoehorn it in, in the ways that they did. <laughs> and so exactly what you're talking about that scene with Festus, I think is because otherwise you don't understand what he does because they <laughs> didn't find a way to succinctly like tell you in the opening, in the opening bit, Yeah, which is, and they I love your, your, your analogy of the uh, putting a heist together. That's so great because it's, you're right. It's like they sort of didn't because it's so epic in its grandeur, but you can't do that in a film because you did this whole, like, let's show you how great they are and then also break them up and then also bring them back together. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, there were, there it, it, a lot. Like, the, the high structure and especially like Ocean's Eleven, I think is probably, is probably the easiest one to go back to because it's so, um, it's so distilled. Right. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, it, it just it's right there. Everything that you need to know about it is 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 very surface. So when they put the t together the team, it's a montage. Right. And it's like and we're going to need a guy that does this and we're going to need a guy that does this and we're going <laughs> to yep. need a guy that does this. They're and all it's archetypes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think that if you could have played into that a little bit more um, and and gotten the team back together a little bit faster um, so th so that we could have had the dynamic. And and I would have liked to have seen like everybody together at least once after they broke up before yeah, we start yeah. killing people off. And we never really get that. Right. So yeah. it's because because we want to see we, if you're going to show us both timelines, we want to see how they were when they were arrived, what happened to break them up 
and then and then what they're Probably like when they have to come yeah. back together now 5000 years later and their like their their personalities have shifted and changed and and their perspectives might be different with all of this new information right there's just, there are so many good things. ideas in the movie and just not enough time despite the fact that it feels <laughs> like like there's so much going on like there's not enough time to really explore any of these things to a satisfying degree but um, one of the things that you said though is that like you'd like to see where they started and where they ended but i think that that's the crux of the matter is that they don't actually shift from when you first meet them to the end like even their like quippy fighting yeah. style doesn't change like it's it's so consistent and you don't see that growth of who it is and except for I mean, fastos except for, okay he yes a hundred percent yeah but he's the only one again though. he's the only one that really like you sort of see that that sort of go around yeah for sure yeah um they which, try which, to get you to see that in sprite but you really don't like it's yeah, like they and, tell you that that's what sprite goes through but you don't see it there 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 really needed to be a clearer line between the ones that that embraced living amongst humans and the ones who removed themselves from from society, right? Yeah. Like, and and the and the reasons why. I mean, like, I think that it's there, but I think that it's very subtextual, and it's it's not it's not necessarily um, super thematically important to it. Um, as a matter of fact, like thematically, what is the movie, right? Like, like, like beyond the actual mechanics of the plot, of obviously we don't want uh, Tiamat to destroy the Earth. <laughs> right other and and murder and murder you know seven billion people i i you know three 3.5 billion of which just came back to life i <laughs> Bummer. like like that like all of that is very easy to understand but that but beyond that like like for me i think I think I think probably like discussing this now, like one of my one of the biggest disconnects for me is the fact that like I don't I really don't know what this is about. I don't know what anybody accomplished personally in terms of growth other than learning to punch harder in their various different ways. Right. Like like really at the end of the day, the thing that saves the day is that Cersei just punches harder with her ability to transform things. And there's no satisfying explanation for why she turns that deviant into a tree it just happens because it was right because yeah, it had to, because the plot weird. dictated it oh, and like yeah. and it only happens there because it's a setup like it's a it's a like it's a loop right like why why does she turn the deviant into a tree well because if she doesn't turn the deviant into the tree then she can't turn the the celestial into stone at the end. So she needs to turn the deviant into the tree, but why did she turn the deviant into the tree so that she can turn the celestial into stone at the end? Right. Like it's, it's an just... interesting thing too, because she can always, she's always been able to do that in the comics. The only yeah. reason why she couldn't do it at the beginning of this movie is because she could have taken care of this whole deviant situation many centuries yeah. ago. And, and, and the movie and the movie absolutely gives you the mechanics to tell you why she can, once she's got that little orb inside her, she's co directly connected to Arishem and to the celestial power source. And it's like, it, that's all they needed to do. And it's like, it, so to uh, me, yeah. it's, that's where I get frustrated watching the movie huh. is that there's so many of these points where it's like, well, obviously 
that's what they should have done, <laughs> which is always easy in hindsight. It's always easy for us to armchair quarterback it after the fact and go like, well, they obviously should have done this. When you're making a movie, there's a lot of moving pieces. But maybe they did it's a that wonder that it gets done in the first book. place. But but <laughs> um, but it's it's also like Icarus flying into the sun at the end. And it's like, what? hey, yeah. hey, I excuse me. Super on the nose, guys. Super on the <laughs> nose. Like he like. I know that we made the analogy of Superman earlier, but when he not, he doesn't fly up into space and wink at the camera like Superman. And then, you know, like fly off to save the world, which we love in, in the, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. But, but it's, but it's like the, the, because he's actually a bad guy. It's sort of the negative turn on it. It's like, he almost flies off into space and he's like mugging for us because like nobody else knows what he's doing. Right. Like he just kind of, he just kind of goes <laughs> and it's like, it would have been, it would have been so much more impactful. I mean, I think, did we talk about this on, on Thunderquack last week? It would have been I so don't... much more impactful if, if the ending of that would have been like, like if he would have gone to Cersei and been like, I will not stop fighting. I can't stop fighting. It's the way that I'm built. It's what I'm supposed to do. You have to stop me. And then right? to make her, well, I mean, and to make her, make her, make her we, choose, did, we did, right? this is exactly what we talked about. Cause you can't yeah. make her into a bad guy by killing the person that she loves. It's a complicated, they, they, they sort of, but I mean, I, but, but I don't think you make her into a bad guy because first of all, they don't exist anyways. They're robots. It doesn't matter. Well, so yes. they don't have souls. Well, we, I, we, <laughs> Like, we believe, but we we understand the level of of Marvel like storytelling and and that you can kill. But I also mm -hmm. rewatched Shang Chi recently, right? And it's a really fine line between what you're allowed to let your heroes do. Like you cannot let a bad guy not die at the end. <laughs> like if somebody does bad things and they don't die, there's a flaw in your story somewhere. And if you have a hero that kills somebody, you also can't have that. Like it's it's a really like I don't it's a it's a problem that i have with like this disneyified storytelling and that we can't move beyond yeah. the binary black and white of, of hero and villain and i think that this story would have been a perfect place to explore that like i would have really loved to dig into circe and icarus their love story and him and them just being on completely opposite sides of this and then them both because icarus is not a bad guy if you look at it from the point of view of the celestials right and they talk about that in the film that it would just be kind of cool to also feel like because it's not just icarus like kingo also believes in what they're yeah. doing Right. Which I think is a really interesting, like at the end, I think it's really, really important and interesting that it's Kingo, Fastos and Circe that get to that get to be judged on behalf of the human humans. And I think that yeah. that's really like a really interesting like dynamic of like of the three that you could pick out that have the most varied experience. I just wish we got to sort of explore the nuance of that a little bit more. But anyways, I do think the Circe Icarus, I, I'm excited to talk about our favorite moments. Cause I do feel like some of our overall thoughts are really negative, but, um, but I do, I, I really, I think there's a missed opportunity there and really exploring what you could have done with the, with the like hero villain dynamic and then flipped it on its head, depending on how you looked at it from like celestials versus not, I don't yeah. know. Taking Selma Hayek out into a wasteland to have her killed by deviants is so pathetic. Like it's, I was so unhappy. Like, it's just so upsetting. Like make him, uh, make him stand up for his freaking beliefs in some way that is like, like if you if you have that sort of passion behind it, it's just so like yeah. he's just so pathetic. But and it's, also, and it makes it worse. yeah. But also like, establish better in clearer terms that you have five 
Eternals that do not fight. Like, don't make it that like, oh, they're kind of tangentially involved in the fights. Make it really clear. These five are not combat, right? And then make it super clear that it is the job of the other five to to defend fight and protect them the, and the yeah, other yeah, five yeah. from the deviants like that not don't make them an extermination squad as much as make yeah. them make them like like hey you guys you five are the guardians and these five are are like the 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 architects or whatever right like like mm-hmm. give, give it a really clear role because then when he does that if it was like if it was oh, like, like a betrayal Icarus, and like your, a, yeah like yeah, yeah. like your core purpose is actually to protect Ajak, but instead what you did was like well i am protecting Ajak because she's betrayed her own mission right like right. like right, and, yeah. and and have those things sort of like like vocalized a little bit more i don't know i i do i think that they they said the wrong things and they and they showed the wrong things like it, it's almost like it it needed to be flipped a little bit of like like some of that stuff needed to be said a little bit more and some of that stuff needed to be be shown a little bit more and, and sort of you know like sort of the the, the show don't tell stuff because sometimes it is good to have a nice expository like hey here's a here's an info dump of everything um and the dynamic of, of everything that's involved so that later on in the movie we can do something where it's like because then cersei fighting with her abilities becomes a triumph of of her individuality right like and and then and then hey guess what now the movie's about something now all of a sudden we have a theme which is that like the 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 10 of them were created with a purpose but what if they found their own purpose right and and within finding their own purpose it turns out like oh actually you know what um we were all, we're all built out of the same stuff and our power source call comes from the same place. I can do anything that you guys can do. Right. Like to find out that yeah. like, like to have her do something like shoot one of the energy balls or something like that and, and find out like, Oh, Oh, actually, actually they're all like, it's, they, it, they've just been programmed to think I can only do this one thing. Right. But it's actually, actually all of you are Supermans and, but they can't whatever, no 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 right? but they're not doesn't that like i don't know can't can't curtis speak up now aren't the eternals they are their own they only have the powers that they have don't they yeah but they change so much here. but they change so much why not give it a reason do they? yeah do they? Um, yeah so the, the thing is that it's uh so first of all eternals is like a failed comic by jack kirby in the okay. 70s and okay. he himself wasn't at the top of his game like so Jack Kirby created like all of the Marvel universe, pretty much like co-created, I should say, with with Stanley, mm-hmm. all of the major, most of the major characters. And then by the by by the late seventies, when he was doing this one, he wasn't at the top of his game anymore. And so those, when he was creating these characters, he was like fast and loose with what powers they had, and it was like <laughs> sometimes it was like oh he f- forgets which character has which power and so he gives lets that person do some weird thing and and you know and every comic book writer that comes after that of course has to reconcile that uh because this is comics and everything has to fit into a neat box so it's like okay now now whenever there's a new eternals series all of the characters get reborn or re or resurrected or whatever because they all died previously or whatever and and yes they come back 
maybe looking a little different. They come back with new and improved or updated or different powers. So yeah, it's it it is like it could be whatever you want it to be, <laughs> really. Okay. Uh, they, I mean, you, well, they, I mean that's that's cool though. Yeah, it is. If, it's, it, it's great. Looking at it, looking at it the way that Mike is talking about it too, like if that's the route that they wanted to go to be able yeah. to to sort of speak to it more in terms of how they how they all relate to one another and their powers themselves. So. Yeah, uh, but I mean, each of them has their own ability and own um, special skill set, and that kind of stays constant throughout the whole thing. But yeah, if if somebody needs to 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 do something new or to develop it, it, in to, a different way, then they can. To me, to me, it would be it would be similar in concept to like the Super Scroll, right? It's like just because Cersei manages to do it doesn't mean that like now all of them are just gonna all be like that right but but i think like like for the story and especially for her taking that central role and again the little orb goes into her and you could just use that as your as your uh explanation why and, yeah. and f- instead of the bracelets and all of them using the unimind <laughs> which doesn't really it they don't like they do and then they don't and it's like is is kingo like, yeah, is, is, his, his energy coming from his private yeah. jet however far away he is yeah how did yeah. he wh- like how did it's he get, i don't it, it's, it's just like yeah there, there's just there's a lot of that stuff that well, i thought like, he didn't do it because his bracelet was given to but Icarus. it's not about the bracelets anymore isn't that like this is the most confusing part about the movie yeah. is that it winds up not being about the bracelets it winds up being about the celestial which is just completely yeah bananas because yeah. you set up this whole thing and then exactly. you wind up using it but not using it yeah. you're like what how does that even yeah <sighs> and to and to me it's like like that's where it's like i say like that's where i get frustrated is that there are all these things that it's like it's just a little tweak just this little piece and it's like you guys set this up over here and then you didn't pay it off over there right yeah. and so it's like like their powers come from the the celestials they're tapped directly into the, the celestials that's we they say it several times in the movie and then at the end of the movie it's like well what how does she manage to do it well she turns the celestials power back on it right it's like that's awesome so why did we spend 20 minutes of the movie with uh, fastos being like hey if we can just all connect our powers together because we're taking our powers from the celestials and it's like actually like no he should have been figuring out how do we how do we take the channel the power back out of Tiamat to stop Tiamat? Right, like we have, like there should have been like a Eureka moment at some point where he, where they're like, if only we could, we could harness Arishem's <laughs> power directly, and then for him to be like, we don't need Arishem, we've got a celestial right underneath us, right? Like, it's th- yeah. there's a there's a tighter, like, better movie that's only two out. hours yeah. inside this movie, <laughs> and instead we got a three hour kind of bloated movie with a lot of very uh, cinematic sweeping shots of things. And it's like, I, I, I don't want them to stop experimenting. And like, that's what this was. This was an experiment. Let's do a different type of MCU film. And I'm glad that they did. It's not a bad movie by any stretch. It's just a flawed movie. Um, it's not the incredible Hulk or, or uh, Thor, the dark world, which are like, <laughs> they're bad. Those are bad movies. Those are bad movies that do bad things and make bad choices. Wait, I just finished watching the incredible Hulk and it, yeah, it was it, okay. Which is a, side. which is a bad movie that makes a lot of bad choices. Most of those Edward <laughs> Norton's choices. And that's why he's not the Hulk anymore. Um, <laughs> again, like, it, but it's a perfect example of like, there is actually a great movie inside the incredible Hulk, but unfortunately, somebody got in there and tried to make it something that it wasn't supposed to be and, uh, and, and, and ends up making it, you know, 
kind of kind of boring and and pointless <laughs> by the end of it um and and un- unfortunately you know not 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 the best casting choices sort of across the board with that one except for tim roth so and I and i guess uh thunderbolt because he's still thunderbolt he's still with roth? us as well he's pretty know, like half of the <laughs> half of the main cast was well because there's only other, you're just basically saying that they should have cast betty and well, yeah, okay, but that's from, from from your perspective as someone who just watches the movies. But I think from Curtis and I's perspective, knowing that like that there are like a few, there's a few other Marvel characters in there that were meant to become other things, and it's hey, like I'm Google. Okay, I know that there's because like I don't um I I don't I don't remember the actor's name, the but brain but doctor dude. yeah, he's supposed to become the leader, and it's yeah. like I don't want to see the movie where he's the antagonist. I also don't want to see the movie where the guy from Modern Family is Doc Samson. Oh. I mean, not Doc Samson, but yeah. Sam, um, whatever his name is. Just uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like it like that, that but that that one suffers from the whole like hey, we don't quite we don't know what the MCU is. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's true. Yeah, The Incredible Hulk was not part of the MCU. It was retconned into the MCU after but Iron when, Man was a yeah. success. That's right. And they they shot the scene. After they, what? after they, after they locked, basically after Iron Man was finished and, yeah. and I, uh, and like they knew this is going to be a big deal. Like this movie is not, this isn't a movie. This is the beginning of something, right? They, they went and they shot the scene that that's on the end of Incredible Hulk. So that wasn't ever part of the plan for the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk with Universal was its own thing. Universal had the rights. They were making a movie. And then and then Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios were like, uh, and I think probably AVR had probably a big part of it as well, was like, uh, can we um can we can we shoot a scene with one of your characters and one of our characters and then like we'll be able to we'll be able to put these things together because because i think we're going to do this avengers thing <laughs> right like like they 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 reverse engineered that anyways we're not here to talk about the incredible hulk so let's not go down that that road maybe one day we'll get breathing room to go back into old movies i highly <laughs> I, doubt it i don't think so <laughs> um let's talk about favorite moments uh curtis why don't you start with it with your favorite moments from from the movie Okay, there's. I don't know that I have any one particular moment, but I do have two things I want to say. One is that I enjoyed every scene with Makari. I thought Lauren Ridloff oh. is just amazing. Uh, I, I love her as an actress. I think in, in Walking Dead, she's absolutely fantastic as well. And, um, and so every time that she was there, I really, really enjoyed it. And they also showed her her speed powers really really effectively yeah. I, uh, it was different yeah, than what we've okay. seen the, in, in the flash it's different than than like what we've seen with quicksilver it, it was it was nice and unique and like that battle sequence when she's fighting icarus oh. on the beach was just absolutely okay. so well choreographed i i so. think yeah i th- just to tag on to that i think that that the way that they showed super speed in this movie actually gave you a feeling of the velocity that she was moving at like yeah like like she it didn't feel like like quicksilver it's like oh he doesn't actually move that fast the world slows down around him right and then like from our perspective he's just a blur but from his perspective everything is frozen right or like like i i i mean like the flash in the dceu movies i don't even know what they're doing there they just 
they just make everything <laughs> blurry and he's in lightning and it's just like, okay, cool. I guess he's going really fast. Um, but with this one, it's like, yeah, I, I don't, I would love to see. I, and I'm sure that, that when it hits Disney plus, they'll probably put out the assembled like they did with Shang-Chi uh, this last week. And I can't wait for that because I guarantee that they will, they'll let us in on the secret of, of how they achieved that feeling. But they did like, they, they really, really made you feel like she was moving that fast legitimately. Like her body was able to move that fast. It was was, fantastic. Really, really well done for sure. Um, The second thing I just want to point out is that I love the, the visual language that they have, they developed in this movie to convey the Eternals powers using all of the the thin lines and circles, the gold lines and circles it is everywhere and it's in every single one of their powers. And that brought a, a cohesiveness to, to the team uh, that mm-hmm. would, that, that otherwise, if they hadn't done that, we would have just had, you know, nine different superheroes, but instead we have uh, a, a very tightly knit group of, of like a family of characters all conveyed through these gold yeah. lines and circles. I really like it- that. It's it's a bit it's a bit like how uh, when they did the the 90s relaunch of the X-Men, all of a sudden everybody's abilities had that same magenta pink color to it. And they're all wearing blue and yellow or blue, blue, yellow, purple, red uh, uh, across the team. Right. But it's like the Cyclops, Optic Blast, Psylocke's, uh, I, I, Blades, Gambits, Cards, Jubilees, Explosion, like, I, 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 Jean Grey's abilities, like, they're, they all use the same sort of visual language. So you're like, oh, okay, cool. So that's what mutant powers look like, right? Yeah. Like, that's exactly. what the X gene does. It is very, very similar conceptually to that of like, yeah, these guys are all the same, right? Yep, it was a brilliant move, and I'm glad that they did that. And there's a lot of visually, um, really appealing stuff in this movie. Hmm. I, yeah. I I will say that I uh, I don't think I have a favorite moment from this movie. Whoa! <laughs> and, and I thought like that's it's kind of that's that's kind of the hardest part for me. Um, oh, that's sad. Yeah, it. I, there, there are a lot of things that I liked about it, and I really like the characters. Um, but I don't feel like any of them really got like a, like a, like a. Oh my god, that was incredible moment. Like, like everybody did something cool, but nobody ever did anything where I was like like wow that was one of the coolest things we've ever seen in the mc uh and and it's it's we're a few weeks removed from it maybe if we were closer to it i'd have a little bit more of that but but it's like i said coming out of black widow i was kind of eh. coming out of shang chi i was like electric like i was like vibrating after that movie it 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 was so so good and we saw so many things and it was like like I just watched that uh, a couple nights ago, um, and and the end of that movie when he, sh- I mean I guess spoilers for Shang Chi because this isn't the Shang Chi episode, but when he shoots all the rings in and then he like moves them around and oh, then pulls them apart yeah. with that move, like at the very end, and I'm trying to be oh. a little bit vague, and then <laughs> and then after that when they're retelling the story and she's like yeah and then. And then Sean did the, he did like a Kamehameha thing. And, and, and it was like, it's like, he did do a Kamehameha thing. And it was like, like there, 
that's what I missed that moment in this movie. And I think the biggest reason why I missed that moment in this movie is because Kingo is, is, is the one that I, that I wanted to like the most. And then he leaves with a medal. (laughs) He, he never got a hero moment. Right. Like I, like I don't really feel like there was a thing where like, where like he, he did do a Kamehameha also, by the way. Yeah. I was going to say he didn't, he do the ball thing and then the blast. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he, but a bunch of them had moments where like they did something by themselves. And with him, it's like, he did that. And then it like slowed it down. Right. I, he didn't kill the wolf one with that. Right. Like he just slowed it down and then somebody, and then it no, comes in. And no, no, him, doesn't he? No, no. He You've seen totally, it twice. You know better. I have seen it twice. And so here's the thing too. The Kingo and Sprite uh, relationship gets paid off. Like there's, there's, uh, there's four, be- there's like three solid beats with them and they fight together. Like he's like, hold them off Sprite. And then Sprite like uses her knife or whatever. And he does the thing and then he blasts it. And it's when all the goo falls on his face and he's like, did you yeah. get that? It was yeah he that was yeah that was, that was, it, was which is it's fun and like I said like everybody gets cool stuff to do yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but it's not but, like he didn't like save anybody dramatically yeah. or anything like that he was just um, like with the guy fighting in the village like. I guess I guess if I have to if I have to pick a favorite moment and 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 I'm not saying like oh I guess I have to it's just this really sucks that the only moment in the movie that like got me to like perk up in my seat and get like legit excited about what I was seeing was one of the final shots of the film, which is like Cersei and, uh, and, and Dane are, are, are hanging out, uh, having their little conversation. Uh, and he's about to tell her whatever. And then we just get like, like the, yeah. the rumble and then That's the right. clouds part. And Arishem oh, is yeah, just yeah, yeah. like, and it's just, it looked like legit and real. And it was like, it was like, Hey, Hey, uh, humans, you remember when that Thanos guy showed up and it rocked everybody's world. (laughs) Guess what? This guy, this is a bigger deal. This is a much bigger deal than Thanos. Like it, to me, it, it did for the movies. What the, the, um, what the infinity stone moment in Loki does for his character where he's like, he goes, is like and he looks around the TV and he goes, "Is this the greatest power in the universe?" <laughs> right? And it's like, it, yeah, to yeah. me, it's like, it's like, oh, you guys thought Infinity Stones and Thanos were a real problem. Um, this one, this guy, Arishem, he's one of the good ones. There is actually a bad one, and he's gonna want to come and eat the planet soon. So I, you know, like buckle up. And like to me, that that it was, it was so exciting because of what it was foreshadowing. Which is like well, we're gonna see, see that shot. That we're gonna see that well, shot again. Only he's gonna be purple, and he's gonna have a bib and and and, and a fork what? and knife because he's, he's ready <laughs> wow. to chow down. Wow. So what I liked about that scene also is that that shows it showed me that um, this next Eternals movie is going to be more in line with the concept of what the comics is, are going to be. Because yeah. the whole point of the Celestials is that they are going to judge whether the planet is worthy of being saved. That's what they come over and mm-hmm. over and over again to do. And they didn't do that in this movie, but they're going to do that in the next movie. And uh, and then if the Eternals and the Deviants can come together to try and stop the Celestial from passing its judgment, then that'll solve all my issues with <laughs> with the, yeah. the 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 changes in all the source material but 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 crow got sliced and diced instead of what they should have done again they were so close 
and just off the mark because what should have happened there is it should have been like, oh, wait, actually, you know, you know, we're actually on the same side right now. We both we want the same thing. We want to stop this celestial from being. Yeah, born. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. different reasons for it. We have different motivations, but we want the same oh, thing. That, Come help us. Right. Like that, that would have been yep. so much yep. more satisfying. You thought that. You thought that was going to happen when he arrives on the beach and then yeah. and then is fighting. They're all fighting Icarus. Yeah, and you're like, oh, totally. look, he's going to fight with them. He sees yeah. that they're fighting Icarus. And then it's such a wasted like, opportunity. Oh, okay. I wanted Weird. it to be that like like Ajax gave him like sort of that that spark understanding. of sentience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, but yeah, that, yeah. that Gilgamesh gave him like a heart. Right. Like, Aww, like it, yeah. it was just it was just one of those things where it was like it felt like 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 they had it and it maybe it was in a different draft. But then like they they cut it out of this one where it's like, well, he t- he he absorbed Ajax. And when he absorbs Ajax's abilities, it's not just his abilities, but also like her intelligence, her mind. Right. But then when he absorbs Gilgamesh, it's more than like it's different because Gilgamesh is sort of leads with his heart. And is this he's he's the big one. He's the big brute, but he's also the softy, right? Uh, making his pie and whatever, right? Like, like you Aww. get that feeling. Yeah. So it's like it really, like it really would have worked for me if it would have been like, oh, actually, like, like more than just absorbing his superpower, it absorbed his emotional state as well. And so now he's sympathetic, and he shows up, and there's the whole like love thing between him and and Thena, and it's like. There was an opportunity there. There was an opportunity for something really cool and for for uh, a certain subset of fans who really like it when uh, pretty ladies make out with monsters uh, to, to, to be satisfied as well. Um, and, I, so, and I feel for those fans. That's not really my thing so much. Sometimes I enjoy it, but Gargoyles is a really good example. But uh, the, Their I, relationship, though, is so interesting. Like, Thena ends and up it's, spending it's, more time it's from with... the comics, right? Yeah. Yeah. She spends so much time living amongst the deviants because that's who she ends up relating to more. Uh, and that would be very... I, I was so disappointed that Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek were so underused in this movie. Yeah. Oh. It's like these like, are two brilliant underused. actresses and they are yeah. just pushed to the side the entire time. Yeah. I was like, why even... Yeah. Why even... Bring yeah. them why, on why use them? Yeah, it's really, it's really brutal. It was yeah. probably, yeah, something that was really, yeah, real oh, yeah. bummer. We're talking about favorite moments, though, Amanda. Oh, yeah, your, right. Favorite, your favorite moments. <laughs> Don't worry. I I do have plenty of favorite moments, and most of them involve Druig. Um, and see, I feel like on a second watch, I didn't even realize, but okay, his leather jacket, one of my favorite moments. <laughs> and then also, uh, I didn't catch this in the first one, but in this in my second watch through, because I in the Amazon like when they're in the Amazon, they're being attacked, and he's got the like all of the people have the guns and they're shooting, and he's got them possessed. I didn't realize that it's him that comes in like with the no sleeve shirt on and like rolls over the deviant and grabs a gun and like shoot. It's a great moment, <laughs> yep. but I didn't catch it the first time around because again, because to be honest, I wasn't paying attention to Druig the first time I watched the film. I only started like really paying attention to Druig like after they get back, like just the, like later, like halfway through the film. And then at the end, you're like, Oh my gosh, this was such a great character arc. Um, which leads to my second favorite moment, which was the, I love the Miss Havisham reference, which was amazing when they come back to the uh, Domo and, uh, and Makari's like surrounded by the books, which is so great. Um, but my, my absolute, like, I just think it's hilarious. 
the moment where uh, they had played up that emerald tablet or whatever, and he's like, "How'd you find this?" and have their little like flirty flirt. Um, and but uh, that uh, <laughs> that King goes like. <gasps> I hate it. <laughs> what is happening? I hate this because yeah. it's so because he had all these like brilliant like Kingo and Drew Kingo and Druig's relationship is so great because he also like is the same as everybody where he's like Druig's the worst like when they go and like meet him and it's like yeah he is but then you follow along and you're like what is happening <laughs> like why what is this relationship that's happening in front of me and it was it was fun and then there's a little like I don't know because again I was paying attention to these little moments but he like hits her with a shoulder. It's just like a cutaway that you're like, that was just a, such a cute little genuine moment that they kept in um, of like that, that like flirting moment, which was cool. But then also that, that he cut, like he doesn't die, which I think is kind of cool that he comes back around and he was doing the thing and they were going to actually, these Eternals that didn't have the powers were going to actually work. And I like that. I'm excited to see where it goes because it's him and Makari and uh, Thena that go on the Domo. And I like, I think that that's, gonna set up something kind of cool um i'll be intrigued to see what that dynamic is like because dina seems a little bit a little bit odd but anyways that was that was a fun moment for me so it was a havisham and then the 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 thanks i hate it or what is this i hate it moment which i think was really great um but you're right mike and i'm kind of sad that the the fighting moments i don't there wasn't anything there's not that because yeah. for me in the in shang chi it really is the like you you know the moment where he becomes shang chi right like there's that moment where yeah. you're like this is what it was all about and yeah. unfortunately with circe's character i just didn't get that and i know that you're supposed to kind of connect to her but she i think they just did her a disservice in setting her because i also think just so you know we talked about this a little bit on thunderquack the reason i like druig is not because of druig it's because of his relationship with makari i always think that heroes um are are more exciting to me based on how the others around them treat them and react to them and how they react to those people and because makari was so great and so strong and she connected to druig it made me automatically like druig more and it put more humanity on him and more and more sort of this character that was mm -hmm. really really interesting um whereas with circe because she had to play off of icarus and dane i just never quite got I don't think they did it a service where her love was sort of peripheral. Like it wasn't what it was about. You didn't really, her, her chemistry with Icarus was garbage. Like I didn't get that at all, but even her relationship with Sprite, you're supposed to see this journey of this, of this, of this girl that's so longing and, and so jealous and wants what Cersei has and, and can't have it. And she's everything. She, and I just didn't get that. You just sort of, because she didn't get to build these relationships quite as strongly with all these other people. And so I, I will say that that I think is, is, was this, the, ah, oh, that's supposed to be favorite moments. It could have been a really cool moment in the very end, right? Yeah. <laughs> where you, where you have the, like, this is them, this is who they become. Um, but Drew did sort of get that, right? Like you have that moment where he's going to maybe be like, he's connecting to the the mind and it would work if they didn't sabotage him and all that stuff. So it's, it's, that's, that's all. Kingo and Drew though, are what, I liked it. It was fun. Um, I didn't talk about him, but I think we're not talking about him because we all agree that Fastos is really awesome. His character arc is yes, definitely. Yeah, it's yep. pretty great. And then Gilgamesh, obviously, um, with his pies and his cooking and his, <laughs> yeah. his being a big old softy. spit beer. He's great. Yeah, his saliva beer. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. So Such a good gag. Yeah. So good. I, I I think that it is an interesting thing because I do think that that a lot of my favorite moments in this movie are actually the the comedic moments, and they're oh yeah, it's within the pacing of it i feel like those are paced really well 
um, mm-hmm. uh, in the modern day stuff. But then whenever we flash back, it always feels like the like the we're missing a little bit of that. It always feels because it's like oh now we're back in that epic movie thing. <clears throat> so yeah. it's a little bit more like self serious, not entirely, but just a little like the tone shifts a little bit. And that's why that's probably why I connect a little bit more and like and 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 one of my takeaways is like I really wish that they just did the one flashback at the beginning, like that they just got all of that out of the way and then we got into to present day and then just told our story in present day. I would actually I would be really interested to see a cut of this movie without, yeah, that just does that. Yeah, yeah, without yeah. the flashbacks yeah. that just tells the story chronologically uh, in in the present day. Um, that oh. just gives us a setup and then and then doesn't flash back uh, uh, in between. Um, that just assumes yeah. that you know this stuff, right? Which they can't do for obvious reasons. But now that we've seen the movie, like let's have this alternate cut, right? Because um, I think that I would enjoy that movie more. Um, There's, it's well, something if you that... didn't have to care about Icarus and Cersei's relationship, you wouldn't have to do that, <laughs> right? Um, I think it's something that many. Marvel Marvel does often is they'll take the unpopular characters, uh, not, I shouldn't say unpopular, the, the unknown characters, and yeah. really give them a comedic bend in order to sell them to the audience. Because, like you said, Mike, the anybody walking out of the theater will always remember the funniest bit of, of any movie. Yeah. And so we took Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man and turned them into funny movies. And even Thor became right. a funny character when they realized that serious Thor wasn't working. And Iron Man, when that <laughs> movie came out, no one cared about Iron Man. And so they made him into a funny character as well. And they, I think that they were trying, they're trying so hard not to make these guys funny for some reason, which they really should have. And that's why Kingo is like the standout character out of all of them. And, uh, and Karun, <laughs> Kingo and Karun. Because they were the funniest. They're the ones I remember the most. Yeah, I mean, so speaking of which, our MVP, uh, I guess, Curtis, it sounds like you and I are, are already in agreement. <laughs> well, yeah, I I might change mine because I don't, I want to add some variety, but I've already sure. talked about Makari enough, so. <laughs> I, I, so one, the, one of the characters that absolutely makes this movie for me is, is uh, Karun. I, I. I was uh, played by Harish Patel. It shouldn't work. It shouldn't work. It's so dumb. (laughs) Like it's so dumb. Yeah. And yet his moments at the end of the movie where he like, where he's like crying and he's like, he's like, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done. And then he, and then he just put like takes off or like he leaves. Well, and yeah. And like he plays, he unexpectedly plays the uncle Ben character as well. Giving, yeah. wisdom at the right time and stuff it's like it yeah. was weird yeah. but it was it, great it, yeah it's it, fantastic i just i th- i think a, a character that really like like kind of kind of brings the whole thing together um and uh, i i it but it just makes me want kingo and karun movies <laughs> like i just yeah. i just want <laughs> i mean and, yes and this they is totally the great can. thing about the mcu this is the absolutely fantastic thing about the mcu we can have a TV show that takes place before this movie. Yeah. That is the two of them. Totally. That's about him, like making movies and stuff like that. 
and 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 we can have like a smaller bad guy in there that like oh so, something at some point something happened that he didn't talk about in the movie because it wasn't important at the time but he absolutely like like they're they're all heroes so if something bad is happening they're not going to just let it happen right um and mm-hmm. or maybe it could be the story that tells us why he disconnected so much right from from the rest of them like it, like you could use it to to tell that part of the story so so we could eventually get that stuff at some point and that's the great thing about disney plus and and all of that so let's get give us give us the six episode kingo and karun i I, what's (laughs) i meant i would what i wish i knew off the top of my head that one of the names of his uh his his stupid movies but uh oh, yeah, right. the warrior warrior king isn't it warrior king or something I, something like that shadow warrior because that's what that's no that's what that's what is throwing me off because the eternals has changed their um their twitter to be like they're like a warrior king stan account or something oh <laughs> really is, oh awesome that's really cool it's uh it's well i mean that's just like so the titles or shadow shadow warrior sorry shadow yeah. warrior three this says this is a shadow warrior three stan account get tickets now and i just think that that's really great i don't know it's it's good they know i have a different mvp than karun i don't know if you're yeah, if your okay. mvp is karun curtis but yep. um i want to give i think it's worth giving a shout out to ben um so festus's husband because i do think that without him festus wouldn't have come back to the fight and without him icarus would have won because it really is like that passion that you get from him that that line where he's like i've been waiting for so long to clip your wings or whatever it is that he just really and his his he waits until and his invention is so powerful like the thing that he uses to to contain icarus is like so specific and and it really does like allow her to have the time to go do what she needs to do and i know he gets out of it eventually but i also just really like that they have this sort of really cute relationship that that it, it really is i mean i like that relationship way more than cersei and dane i can't get over it i'm so angry about how little i care about cersei's relationships but so it was nice to have somebody have a really genuine connection with a human and i know that i know that kingo and karun obviously that's the the real like mm-hmm. good like human and uh and an eternal relationship but i think that there was something really uh, beautiful about ben and festos as well and the family that they had and and to be able to bring somebody back from the brink of thinking that humanity is terrible through that thread of like love and family is such a, a universal theme. And I, I like that they were able to touch on that and you didn't have to hammer it home. All you had to see yeah. was him living his life and building this house to protect the things that he loved, even though he hated humanity. And I think that that is, there's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. And it makes him want, it makes him want to save what he otherwise would have wanted to kill. And I think that that's like, I think underestimated, like it took him what, 50 years to go from wanting to hate. Oh, maybe more than that. How long ago since world war two? <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. it also makes you sad thinking that, um, he's going to, his husband will continue to age, but he won't. Yeah. 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 Aw. <laughs> uh, anyways that's that's bummer. my throw in just uh, to be a little bit different just to be a little bit different did you also like the uh, the moment at the end where uh they take away sprites immortality so that the actors I, can actually age in the next age, for the next couple yes, of movies <laughs> but it also it also speaks to this sort of um the thing that i dislike again you can't have villains in movies without them being punished and her punishment 
for going with Icarus is not to die, it's to be exiled, essentially. Like, she's no longer an Eternal. So that's a normal thing in the comics as well, though. They're exiling people themselves all the time, each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well... Like it, but I mean, and I, she still gets to be obviously part of their family. Like she's obviously yeah. going with Kingo and all that. Um, which, by the way, I would. Can we just can we have the episode where you have Kingo and Karun and they go back home and Sprite is dealing with some sort of teenage BS and he has to deal with it because <laughs> that episode would be delightful. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's I I think that that's it does make it nice to be able to continue to tell tell stories with her, but mm-hmm. also because her power was weird. Anyways, I don't know. They just seemed so. I don't know, their powers were intriguing. Anyways. Did you, who's your, did you say your MVP is Karun? Curtis? Is that? Um, I, it was originally going to be, but then when Mike said that was his, I'm going to change mine to Makari, whom I already talked about. There you go. That's good. She deserves it. Yep. She's rad. Like I say, she makes me like my, my real, I will, and we all just know if you follow my Twitter that my real MVPs are Kingo and Druig, but together (laughs) because there's so many photos of the two of them on the internet. And I mean, not obviously not Kingo and Druig, but like a, what is it? Barry, however you say his last name. And, uh, and Kamal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Let's talk about the post-credit scenes. Um, uh, Star, Star Fox and Pip the Troll. I, I, this is Pip the a... troll was the worst animated character yeah. in the MCU. His, yeah, it looked course. absolutely terrible. It was upsetting. Yeah. I don't, was, I don't understand I how don't that happened. I don't know what happened there, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it should have been a big moment. Like the whole thing of it should have been a big moment, but <clears throat> Harry Styles totally is, a, is a is a is an interesting choice, and 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 I'm gonna and I'm gonna go ahead and say that this this is evidence that that uh, I I I think I think I I'll speak for myself that I am getting old because like I know who Harry Styles is, but I don't care, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't matter to me that he's that he's gonna that now he's in the MCU. I know that he's gonna for kill some it in this people, role. I, 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 yeah, is he gonna I, be good? Oh yeah. I, well, I mean, he's they have the same right? personality. Like, they have the yeah. same yeah. exact okay, same personality. It's it's good. It's good, but it's like, but I know that there are some people that like that that are gonna pop for that moment because it's like, oh my god, it's Harry Styles, and it's like, I don't, yeah, yeah cool. Luckily, I was with somebody that could tell me who it was because I was like, yeah. I think that this is a pop star. Of, <laughs> I think, I think that it's the One Direction dude. Uh, here's the thing that I just. I, you're right. I think Mike, that we all, you can speak for all of us. I think when you age ourselves, but like I'm one direction has four people in it. Right. But only I, two I of them, we know by name. Cause I, I think know. I know Harry Styles and then Zane Malik Malik. I don't sure. know I, who I confuse with the Rami Malik. None, <laughs> none of the Jonas brothers are in one direction, right? I know. That's, that's, these <laughs> are different that's things, fair. right? That's fair. I know like, that. Right. It, I know yeah. that. What, what, what difference does it make? It doesn't, it, this doesn't matter. <laughs> But the significance of the scene, you want to talk about the significance yeah. of the scene here? Um, yeah, but but so I mean, like for me, I and I and I and I think that probably for people of our age, I uh, uh, Pat Oswalt as Pip is probably a bigger <laughs> yes. deal uh, for a lot of us. Um, to, for him to the... finally be in the MCU, I, I finally. Yeah. I mean, he was technically in Agents of Shield, if you call that MCU. 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, 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 di- I didn't from day one of Agents of Shield. I was like, mm, there's no way that they're gonna keep this. I, I was like, it's just, I still do. It is, works. This is fun, but there no, there's no way that this is going to uh, continue to mesh. Actually, I shouldn't say from day one when they did the Sif episode, and I was like, that's what you guys call a crossover. No, they're not. Their heart's not in this. They don't actually care about this thing. Um, <laughs> I and 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 I was very right by season two. It was like, we're not acknowledging the movies anymore at all. Um, uh, anyways, uh, that's a different episode. We don't need to talk about that. I, I ha- having having that character show up is really cool because it's uh, I, 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 it, it ties into like the large. So what it what this all implies to me is that the next time that we see those Eternals, that are on the ship will probably be the post-credit scene of guardians three that, that it, cause Eros and Pip Pip being a character that is so tied to Adam Warlock yeah. and Adam Warlock being in the next movie, uh, in, in the next guardians movie. Um, and, and Eros being Thanos's brother and all that. So it's like, we will have a moment where he's like, I, <laughs> I this excites me. This does really excite me. Where it's like Gamora is there and Eros is there, and she's like, "What?" He's like, "What? What? What? No, no hug for your uncle." And it's like, well, "This is weird. This is weird and confusing and makes no sense." But it's what we're here for, and I love it. And it'll work in Guardians. That character will work in Guardians, and and they'll Sorry, put more yeah, energy into Pip. Sure. Um, and all of that stuff will make a lot of sense, and and we'll be in a world where we're a little bit more. Um, can you make it make sense for me? What do you mean? Yeah. He'll, you got a hug for your uncle. You're talking about things that I don't understand. Okay, so Who's Star Adam Fox. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Um, World... Remember, don't hate me. <laughs> At the end of Guardians of the Galaxy two, we saw the those the the gold the race of gold people. Uh, the they sovereign. Created this, yeah. yeah, the sovereign. They they created this this big egg, this huge okay. sarcophagus of a of a thing. And mm-hmm. and then the main the main gold person says, "I'll call him Adam." And so that oh. this is a character called Adam Warlock, and he's a, a known adversary of Thanos and uh, through the comics. And so they're going to have a big to do, um, gotcha. and he's going to appear in Guardians of the Galaxy number three. Now, this character here, Star Fox, is um, is the brother of Thanos, and they are both Eternals. Um, Star Fox oh, yeah. and Thanos, so we will see them come into play at some point together. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and and Pip is Adam Warlock's sidekick, basically. Pip the troll is. Oh, yeah, the Adam role you Warlock see. Sidekick, not yeah, exactly. Not Star Fox. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, the role you see him Thank here. You for yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be good as long as they can like change his character design or something. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's like where it it this post credit scene does not work for the general audience in the way that a lot of the other post credit scenes work, and even for um some of the more more like I uh, like I don't know I don't know how to define it, but like you you have to be like a like a a, a pretty hardcore I read most of the Marvel stuff fan. And definitely have knowledge of like the older, older stuff because he's the, Pip is not a character that's really been 
in the more modern stuff. Like it, this, yeah. these are not characters that have shown the references, maybe like a cameo or something in a guardians comic, but, but yeah. they haven't been, these characters haven't been in play in a long time. So this is one of those ones especially where it's Star like, Fox. yeah, especially Star, Star Fox. Like we're, Star Fox we're is back okay. to, he's not a character for the me too era. <laughs> His whole yeah, thing okay. is making people fall in love with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of like, <laughs> they, they, these characters need to be updated like severely. Yeah. Um, and, and having them like sort of in this switched context where, where Pip is with Eros is, is, is another thing that like it threw me off at first. Cause I was like, I was like, is that like, that's, that's Pip. It's Pip. As soon as Eros, I saw him, I thought I we were going like, to see Warlock. Yeah, it yeah, it it felt it felt like we were about to get and I was like, but that character is going to get introduced in the next thing. And then it didn't happen and it's like and I said to Crystal I was like that was a setup for Guardians 3, but also like it was a really that was a really bad setup for Guardians 3. <laughs> like it like it it what we needed was something a little bit more concrete of like something to connect this a little bit more to that to that world. It didn't quite work. Um, I, I, I think in the way that, that it will work in retrospect once we've seen the next guardians movie and maybe some of the other stuff that's coming down the pipe. Um, and, and we'll go, Oh, oh, okay. That's how these characters tie into things. Cause it's like bringing Eros in now after Thanos is gone is like a really weird, like after the fact thing. So obviously they're going to do something completely different with him. Right. Like, like, like we're gonna, it'll, it'll be in there. But I think the fact that he's related to Thanos has a lot more to do with Gamora than it does with the infinity stones. Right. Whereas we're so used to like Thanos infinity stones. What? And it's like, yeah, he's not a threat though. And the last like three or four things that we've seen have been like, Hey guys, um, the infinity stones aren't a big deal. (laughs) Thanos wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Like we've really been playing down how much of a threat Thanos actually was to prepare us for whatever the next thing is. Right. So it's one of those things of like, of like the name drop of Thanos and having arrows come in. It's like, it, it, it's just, it's a little bit muddled right now. I'm sure that there's good stuff coming down the pipe with this. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm excited for Pat Oswalt to play that character, but again, like the, the CG being so obviously cartoonishly bad, like, like he looks, he, he'd be more at home in who framed Roger rabbit than in the MCU <laughs> with the way that he looked. And it's just, yeah, it, it, it is just one of those things where you're just like, Oh, this is cringy and not in the way that I think they wanted it to be. Um, yeah. It was so but, bad. Uh, but but it but it does it does uh portend very good things in our future. So so I I I'm excited, but I'm also just like a little bit like eh, kind of eh in the moment. Um especially because like we need those the post-credit scenes in Shang-Chi are so good, right? Of doing the 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 two things of like like the one of them being like being like, hey, Avengers level threat incoming and then the next one being like but hey also the 10 rings aren't gone right so it's like like this one both of these post-credit scenes when we get to the to the one with with dane whitman and the ebony blade uh and and then um 
and then the other ebony blade, I guess. I, <laughs> for those who don't know, Mahershala Ali is the voice that says off screen, are you sure you're ready for that? Or whatever he says. The um, other ebony is, blade. <laughs> yes. I, I oh intend wow. all of my fun. Awesome. Wow. That's so wow. funny. I love it. I, it. But hey, there is no way that that didn't occur to everybody who was involved with putting that scene together <laughs> of like, hey, you know what would be a really great time to introduce blade the daywalker vampire hunter formerly formerly wesley snipes now marshall ali with the ebony blade like let's do that that's that's funny that's a funny joke that's very uh, funny. it's a it's a very good dad joke um but yeah i i that movie that one got me so much more excited but but they telegraphed it with uh, i mean we already i guess knew dane whitman black knight i wasn't paying attention to who he was playing, who Kit Harrington was playing going into the movie. So it was a, it was a surprise for me in the theater. And then when they name drop King Arthur, I was like, Oh, so like, we're going like full, like, like, like Arth- Arthurian legend. Uh, I, all, like all of this stuff is coming into play. Um, well, it has to with his character. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it was, but it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes they introduce a character at, with a name and you're like, Oh, cool. And then it doesn't end up being like, it's it, that character doesn't end up going into another movie and fully realizing the potential of that character. Right. Maybe we see them one more time and then we never see them again. Right. Like, yeah. Cause they need more really Avengers. They yeah. need more Avengers for their Avengers movies. Yes, so they're not going to waste um, this one. Yeah. So, but, but, but name dropping King Arthur is like, oh, so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to explore all of that stuff. It's not just going to be like a, Hey, here's a side character who's got a cool sword. It's like, they, they, it, there's every potential that like Captain Britain and, you know, like all of these characters could come into play at some point, especially with the mutants coming in soon and and all it's it's exciting it like because there's a lot of x-men implications excalibur uh, uh exiles stuff that's all multiverse that it, it sends me spiraling out into the marvel universe going like where are we going next what is happening and then you go like by the way he's teaming up with blade like okay the black knight and blade i i I'm I'm down for it. It's not what I would have picked for an MCU film, but uh, but yeah, certainly not to introduce the character of Blade, the Vampire Hunter, right? Like like that's a weird. It's a it's a very odd pairing, which says to me that they have something really cool planned. Like like knowing Kevin Feige and the types of stories that he's set up in the past, uh, for them to be like the way we're gonna introduce Mahershala Ali's Blade is with a post credit scene in the Eternals with the black knight and the ebony blade. Like that's how we're going to do this. That's how we're going to bring this character in. It's like, okay. Uh, like I'm, I'm just, I'm buckled up and ready for it. But it is one of those ones where it's like, you guys couldn't have put him in a costume so we could just see him in the shadows at least, you know, just a smile <laughs> with the fangs. Cause so, like, that is one of the characters that known, I am the yeah. most ex- excited about. Um, for the future. I, I think that they did it on like because some people are like, oh, well, maybe they haven't designed the character yet. Whatever. They're not that far along. I think they did it on purpose to to fuel speculation of like, was that 
who was so that in the theater we'd be like who was that i think that was blade i think that was this character i think because some people were like was that sam jackson and i was like no that definitely is not samuel l jackson's voice but yeah there there was a lot of like people having conversations and speculating and i was definitely walking out going i am almost positive that that was mahershala ali which means that that's blade which is a huge deal and like like really exciting because you know i some some of the rumors is that is that we might actually see uh black knight and and blade for the first time like as hero like like black knight in costume um and and blade on screen in moon knight um yeah yeah. that's where we're going to introduce those characters more fully and uh and we got a sneak peek at Moon Knight in that sizzle reel, by the way. So go if, if for anybody who has not watched that sizzle reel yet, and Curtis, you said you haven't. Go. I've seen that clip though. I've seen the clip. Steve. Have you seen the clip? Okay. Yep. Yeah. I saw um, it. I feel like I can say that I saw something because yeah. I did definitely. Because uh, that Oscar Isaac, I, the the accent is a choice, but I'm okay with it because it's Oscar and I trust him. I uh, it's it's it'll work. It'll work. Ah, well. Hmm. And Sabu didn't work out so well, did it? I uh, no. everybody everybody's got to have one of those though. So uh, let's hope that he doesn't have two. Um, no, I have uh, what we what we've seen of Moon Knight. I have I have a lot of faith in that. In that, it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about that one. Yeah. Um, and and if we do get <laughs> if we get Oscar Isaac and Mahershala Ali on screen together playing off each other. I don't know if I'll yeah. be able to handle it. Like I'll probably, I'll probably have a stroke because that's like, those are two of, those are probably two of the most underrated best actors of, of this generation. Oscar Isaac but, isn't underrated. Neither of those actors are underrated. They're very highly well rated. I, I don't know. I, I but what? they are, they, Marshall they Ali. show up in stuff. They, um, no, Amanda, nobody. The general public still doesn't know who they are. Mahershala Ali does not open movies. Oscar Isaac does not open movies. You don't put his name up top like you do with with other actors, right? The, are they like? Do critics know who those actors are? A hundred percent. Are they are they like lauded and do they get awards? A hundred percent. But it is one of those things of like like. There's a lot of people who know who Oscar Isaac is. They don't watch his movies. I guarantee it. I guarantee that the majority of the audience. Like general public does not watch a marriage story or I, uh, oh geez, what, what was the, the HBO one? Oscar that he did? Isaac's in a marriage story? Hmm. No, sorry. Not a marriage story. I uh, scenes I on a marriage. That's your, your... No, okay, I, 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 was I was just mixing up titles. Uh, scenes, scenes on a marriage, yeah, yeah. which was just the, the, yeah, yeah. the, the thing that just happened. Um, yeah. Oh shoot, shoot. What was, what was the thing? He did an HBO series where he like, he's got a terrible mustache in it and, but it's fantastic. <laughs> He has a terrible mustache because it's a period thing, but whatever, uh, it's okay. I, it doesn't matter. I, but like most people don't watch, don't watch the, the majority of things that he does. They see him in Star Wars and Dune, and uh, and they'll see him in Moon Knight, and they know that he's a good actor, but they don't actually watch the stuff where he's a ridiculous, phenomenal actor. Um, in any case, if we got the two of them on screen together. Uh, yeah, that'll be Would that be will good. be fantastic. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Any any other comments about the about that post credit scene? Do you guys have anything else about that one? Um, only that uh, it could possibly tie into 
uh, the Venom 2 post credit scene that I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah. There, have you? So this, seen... this is the, we. Yeah, we saw it together actually. So okay, we're safe. But if if anybody hasn't seen Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage, and doesn't know what the post credit scene is, you Turn might not want to get spoiled on this one. So Venom has big ties to the Celestials. Did you know that? He yeah. his um his symbiote is an alien, and it comes from a race of uh, of an alien race that the the leader of it his name is Null, and Null is like the embodiment of darkness and the most evil thing in the in the whole universe. And um, he has he has this sword called the All Black that draws power directly from Celestials. <laughs> And um, and that's where he gets all his power. That's how he's able to create his 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 whole race and stuff. And they are big adversaries. And the All Black is um, is a sword that that eventually gets found by this character named Gore the God Butcher, who is being played by Christian Bale in the next Thor movie. So, what? The, oh my yeah, god, the, I did not even put that together. You're right. So there's um there's there's a big there's a big Thor connection there. They could be tying the Eternals into a whole big um, Venom story. So the fact that Venom popped into the MCU at the end of Venom Two could actually play pretty big in the future of the Eternals. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe you put these puzzle pieces together because now that you're saying this, it's like you are you're probably right this is because because we're all thinking that that venom coming into the mcu has something to do with with um with no way home and what if that's a total red herring and it has nothing to do with no way home and it actually has to do with 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 this eternal stuff and and something in in thor love and thunder and and whatever you know other bigger uh, celestial so, threats are coming also did you notice when when dane looked at the ebony blade there was a mm-hmm. part of it that was uncovered and it was like moving around yeah, like, oh it was like symbiote stuff so yeah. could the ebony blade be in the marvel universe in the cinematic universe could the ebony blade be all black the all black and oh. like the same thing huh. <laughs> it yeah because what what better way to explain the curse of the ebony blade than then actually relating it to to, to Null the and and to the eternals and, and the to the symbiote right like because yeah. because we under because as an audience as as an mcu audience we know what the symbiote is even though it hasn't existed in in the mcu yet now it does but and and what does that mean and blah 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 right but but we do like like there is an understanding that like hey hey we're not going to do Spider-Man's origin story again cuz we know that you guys have seen those movies right and and again like hey we don't need to do we don't need to redo Venom you guys have seen the Venom movies you guys have seen Spider-Man 3 for better or worse on that one not really a great <laughs> origin story for the symbiote but you yeah. understand what it is now yeah. what if we tied this sword to null and to the, and to the Eternals and the Celestials, 
and actually tell you where the symbiote came from and bring Spider-Man into this. And there's also a great story where there's also a great story where Thor uses the all black to defeat Galactus. Just so you know, <laughs> not that they're going to do that because they'll, they'll save that for the Fantastic Four. But you know, yeah, I think the Fantastic Four will probably we'll probably get that on her. But um, yeah, uh, wow, man, you just like the, see this is why we love the MCU, right? Like this is this is the stuff where it's like something so disjointed and disconnected as Venom and and the Eternals could now potentially be uh, uh, forever changed and, and like synonymous for, for a, a huge chunk of the audience that never would have put those two <laughs> things together. That will be a master stroke. I think bigger than anything we've seen yet in the MCU. I can't think of anything that they've done so far that has been like, like that big of a, like, wow that's a way to tie those things together like that's what like what a way to bring like i would say like the the planet hulk uh thor ragnarok storyline was definitely one of those ones where it's like well that's how you do planet hulk when you can't do planet hulk right Right. like like we got gladiator hulk we got we got a lot of that we got a lot of the 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 pathos of that story and and character development for for the hulk and bruce banner that um that we can't get because we can't do Planet Hulk because Universal has the rights and won't play ball, right? So, so if we can't do that, this is the best that we could do, right? And I would say that's that's the only thing that's coming to mind right now that like comes close to to tying that stuff together. Uh, yeah, also I think making me like Dane Dane more because I was very upset with him in this movie. And <laughs> so was I. I was very upset. He was not I was just well very upset all. that he existed in this movie. Yeah, and. <laughs> And so for, for one of the biggest flaws, I think, is actually now you're making it painting in a good light. Because for me, I feel like this was a uh, a vessel for other films as opposed yeah. to being allowed to be a film on its own just because they crammed so much into it. But if it does lead to this sort of brilliant open world that you're describing and these, and these interconnected storylines, then maybe I can get on board post. Maybe it's one of those films that will get better. You know how sometimes films, like stories can get better in retroactively oh, when yeah. they really serve something in the future. And so I'm hoping everything that you guys are saying are making me think that maybe that could be yeah. really the, what the, it is, the payoff. The prequels the are the, the Star Wars prequels are a really great example of that. Just for people to sort of put that in their frame of reference. It's like because of the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels and the sequels, there's so much when you go back and watch the prequels that it's like, oh, I never thought about it that way, but now I do because of these other stories that came afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, as well as the prequels themselves enhancing the original trilogy in the way that they do. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do think that in retrospect we'll look back on the Eternals and go like, okay, now it makes sense why they couldn't do this or couldn't do that. It doesn't. It, I don't think mm-hmm. that it'll forgive the fact that it's a long, boring movie. Um, <laughs> yeah right like i think that that'll always be one of those things of like hey do you want do, we're doing an mcu rewatch can can we skip the eternals though like can we no, like i know i know how important some of this great. stuff is for the overall story but can we skip it Aww. so i have a question way, what was the door the, the original order of these movies had eternals coming before shang chi right yeah like was this movie supposed to really kind of kick off phase four 
Mm, Black Widow was always going to be the next one. That was supposed to be made. But oh, that always That's felt like a coda to Phase yeah. 3. Yeah, that, in the, in yeah, the same way that Iron Man 3 is the first movie after Avengers. And it's like oh, yeah, Iron yeah, Man 3 not. is really like an epilogue to, to, to the Avengers. Yeah. And then Far From Home was an epilogue to Endgame. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. But Black Widow would have been another another epilogue, epilogue. So, in a weird it, way of going back to before Endgame. Yeah. Man, that was just, it, bad. Just a bad choice. <laughs> just bad choices all around with Black Widow, guys. Guys, bad yeah. choice. It could have been. It could have been something way way better. But anyways, um, yeah. So Eternals was going to be like the big like the launching back. point. We're back. Yeah, and then, and then Shang Chi would have been next. It because it would have it was it because Eternals should have been November of 2020, right? Yeah, November of 2020, and then Shang Chi was going to be February of right that's this right. year, and got yeah. pushed to 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 September of this year. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and all and a lot of this stuff was supposed to be in place, and like like the the a, a lot of the stories w- should have been like long past, and then were like Venom, Let There Be Carnage, one of being one of them, and then uh, uh, No Way Home is like a ways off after that, <laughs> but somehow it's like happening back to kind back of in now. the middle of all, yeah, because we're supposed to we're supposed to have gotten multiverse of madness this month like think about that fact is that like we're not getting doctor strange until until still march next year now no it got it got because everything got pushed one spot right 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 so so yeah i think doctor strange is is may of next year what has the March spot? Does anything have March? nothing? No? It, it, there's nothing. an empty spot. Yeah, it's okay. it, it, they we we lost one slot, and and everything shifted forward one. Right. Um. But that's okay because we'll have other stuff in there. Probably Obi Wan Kenobi uh, uh, in there to to keep everybody busy and and not caring about a lack of MCU. But uh, oh, there won't be. There's still like Moon Knight and She Hulk and whatever. So <laughs> that's yeah, I think some of that stuff's Doctor a little Strange. further off. I think some of that stuff's a little bit further off. I don't know that we're going to see Moon Knight until probably this time next year. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah. it would make a good Halloween. Halloween. Release. It would be perfect for like October, November. It would be a perfect one for that time of year. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, yeah, everything's all kind of messed up and funny. But but we should have gotten Multiverse of Madness before uh, uh, No Way Home. That that was the original plan, but uh, so it'll be interesting to see how like maybe things have shifted and maybe the story for No Way Home will be a little bit different because because of those those orders changing, um, or <laughs> Doctor Strange just might say some stuff and we might be like, what is he talking about? And we don't know because we haven't seen that movie yet. Well, um, it could be that to like enhance the mystery of that movie. They now have enough time to to do some reshoots if they need to like change some dialogue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that they've handled it. I'm. 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 I'm sure that that they're not going to get caught with their pants down on this one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what do we got? What is? I guess we're into we're into recommended uh, recommended reading now. Right. Give us, give so us the list. The Eternals are characters that don't pop up very often. They just kind of pop up every time Marvel needs to uh, keep their trademark in check. 
<laughs> so it's like, uh oh, the trademark's about to expire. Well, not expire, but like we, we got to prove that we're still using these, this trademark. So we got to make uh, these characters again, use these characters again. So um, they, you could, you could check out um, Eternals by Jack Kirby, the complete collection, which is the entire run, original run of Eternals. But if you're fans of the movie, uh, it's not actually recommended that you read that because <laughs> it's not great <laughs> and it's so different. Um, instead, I would check out Eternals by Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr. That's one where they kind of did a, a, a really good reboot of the characters and brought them into the modern the modern Marvel Universe. And then there's the current series. Uh, the first trade is out called uh, Only Death is Eternal and it's by Kieran Gillen and Asad Ribic. And that one is is a good spot. And that, that trade actually has a good Thanos story in it as well. So all of you Thanos fans can check that one out. It's called Eternals. Only death is eternal. Cool. That's it. I... That's it. Awesome. Well, I guess I guess next up, I don't is Shang Chi. I guess Shang Chi. Let's say Shang Chi for now. Yeah. I I have to look at the schedule and see. I thought we already when, talked when... about Shang Chi, but I think that we just talked about Shang Chi multiple times. You gotta talk about we it eventually. I mean. We talked about it on Thunderquack a little bit, but but we haven't done like well, we the didn't full, do it in enough said the yeah. full rundown yeah so and it's now there I've seen it again I've now seen it like four times so I am primed to <laughs> yeah I, I I'm gonna watch it a, 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 a couple more times I'm sure before we do uh, yeah. record that one but uh, uh, but we got Shang Chi say... and Hawkeye coming up Hawkeye Hawkeye starts at the end of the month so and that's exciting I will say for as much as people are saying that Eternals is whatever that you're saying you don't want to rewatch it i do recommend a rewatch of eternals because i did get more at the second time around and it's i don't know i just think i just think you appreciate things more and you can uh, since you know what the movie's about it for sure <laughs> it helps for sure to know what the movie's about going it's a big investment so. <laughs> it's a big investment at, at, so. at what is yeah. this two hours and 45 minutes essentially but i'll see it when um, it's on disney plus again yeah well, then i can watch it in installments it. <laughs> yeah i would love it if like if there's a bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor for this movie i would love it if they were like here's an extended edition like if they if they did if they're amazing if, if there if if there's potential for a four-hour cut of the eternals i uh or sorry eternals i that i would rewatch. like if they were like hey here's actually here's actually all the stuff like like we heard you guys, you feel like they were light on some of the character development. Well, that's because we cut some of these scenes and here they are. So now like here's some scenes with Sprite where you actually care about her character or here's some stuff with uh, with uh, Cersei and Icarus that isn't just them holding hands um, or, or, you know, having sex on a really uncomfortable rock. Um, <laughs> I, the first time I thought that was sand. Like when, when the first time we see that in the movie, I was like, Oh, sand, that's not that big of a deal. And then when they go back to that place later on in the movie and you're like, Oh no, because th- it's daytime. You're like, Oh no, those are rocks. Those are rocks. That's not good for well, your back. You don't that know how soft they are. It's an alien. Oh no, I guess not an alien planet. <laughs> no, it's Earth. Earth. It is. That's Earth. <laughs> that's Earth. Yeah. I, I, I don't, it's, there's no such thing as a soft rock. <laughs> rocks are rocks, guys. Maybe it's I, a sponge. I, you know what? This is not the right kind of speculation for this podcast. <laughs> so we got to cut it off. That's it. I, that, this, I enjoyed talking. You about know, our conversation has run out, right? 
<laughs> yeah, when we're talking about Sponge Sponge Rock. Yeah. I thank you guys for listening. I I I know that I said initially uh, like that I was gonna fill the spot every fourth Monday with with episodes of uh, Faster More Intense uh, with the Star Wars podcast, and we did one, and then we have and then it's like well we'll just slot enough said in it, and I think that probably going forward that that's probably what is going to be in that spot. I I unless we end up with like a with like a gap. Uh, in which case we'll we'll do something else, or maybe like if we end up with a gap, I think maybe we'll we need to go back and start with Iron Man. But I, I, I. Anyways, um, I just, those are just, problems for the future. They are, and go I ahead, just have it. to say that one of my favorite moments. I'm now on Twitter. It is. I just retweeted it. Like the little like shoulder bump that I talked about with Drew and Macari. There's totally a gif of it, and the Eternals account like tweeted. It. I just tweeted it at you guys. So enjoy <laughs> that. Okay. Enjoy that favorite moment Thank that will you. be forever on my my Twitter timeline. So good. <laughs> Come on, there's uh, gems in everything. I love. It. No, there there's good stuff in this movie. It's I just <laughs> I just don't want to sit through two hours and forty five minutes for the fifteen minutes of stuff that I really liked. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the rest okay. of the stuff is fine. It's fine. I uh, cool. I well, I, I I was doing the outro. We were almost out. I'm so sorry. And Amanda just pulls I'm so us sorry. right back do in. Do it again. Uh, I, I do. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, do we what? We don't have a sign off for this podcast. That's the real problem. That's the real issue. Is that <laughs> See, is that we have no I way of ending the show. There's no it's way because we the never show. think about it until this moment. Yeah. <laughs> Every uh, episode. You try to end it and it never works. There you go. You just tell people to keep coming back. Yeah. It's like this episode yeah. is eternal. Oh. Amanda and I will be back next week with a with a regular episode. Oh, actually, there is something really important for you diehard Thunderquack fans that'll be with us next week. I I watch the Matrix. Or the the oh. I should have I didn't think about it last week when we recorded Thunderquack, but uh, I'll I mean like I'll look, hey, you guys know who you are. You know what you did. You know who you are. And I'll tell you guys on Discord and on Facebook, but but I I but we, by the way we have a Discord group. I don't I don't know how people find Discord channel. I don't know what uh, uh, server. It's a server. I think is the, is the I, nomenclature. I, I don't know. You don't even know what Discord is. I know Amanda. I haven't. That's why you don't. That's why I haven't talked to you about this because I know I'm going to be like, hey, we have a Discord server, and you're going to be like, a what? And then I have I to. I know what Discord is. Teach you what I'm Discord not... is. Okay. Come on. Um, but I, 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 I'll let you guys know over there to, to watch the matrix, uh, between now and, and Monday, but Amanda, I'm letting you right now know to watch the matrix oh, between now. And I Monday. have to watch the yeah. matrix. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Cause I mean, we I got, cause we have three episodes of the Thunderquack podcast left before the matrix resurrections, which I did have a joke that I decided not to go with when, in our favorite moments where my favorite moment was the matrix resurrections trailer. Uh, <laughs> Cause it was like, that was the moment in the theater that like that, that popped the most for me. It was like, uh, and then, and then it, I'm so uh, not excited about that movie. Oh really, man? Cause <laughs> yeah. the three times, the three times I've seen it when I, I, in the theater with, with Venom, with Dune and with Eternals, all of those times is like when it gets to that point in the, cause, cause the trailer's going with the white rabbit. It's not like the, 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 all of the Alice in Wonderland nonsense or whatever. And it's like, Oh, this is cool. I like this vibe. Everybody else is trying to rip it off in their trailers to way less success 
Um, and that, but then it gets to that point in the trailer where it really starts to to get hype, and the Matrix theme comes in. It's like you get like the and it's just like, oh my god, I get so excited for it, and I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna douse that excitement, that flame, with the water that is the the Matrix sequels over the next month <laughs> but but uh, wow. but we are gonna we are gonna we're gonna rewatch through those because because i haven't watched i uh, i've watched the matrix within the last few years but the other two not in a long time so so we are gonna we do might. that on on the thunder quack podcast over the next three episodes so so that's a heads up for everybody and maybe if you're only listening to the marvel ones which would be really weird if you found the thunder quack podcast because of <laughs> enough said, and then just watch enough and then all you listen to is our marvel reviews and you have no idea like the dynamic between any of the three of us and you're just <laughs> like because this is hey because hey if you're here for marvel information there are better podcasts but anyways <laughs> um yeah, like uh, mine, the Epic Marvel but, Podcast. Exactly, you know. exactly. Well, go listen to Curtis make sense about Marvel stuff. Yeah, hey, go, li- go listen to like- Curtis give you information without Amanda and I arguing over top of him. I, That's right. Uh, yeah. and, and being nonsensical and never ending the Eternal Podcast. Although, I will say, if you like the, if you like the Thunder Quack Podcast, because Mike and I talk about a lot of like important like social issues as well, which we totally didn't talk about in this Eternals podcast with such a diverse cast and like yeah and with sign language in the movie and all this and i'm just kind of like well this is not a representation and a and a gay kiss center screen yeah. in the middle of this right. movie like totally come on we missed we missed i'm so sorry and i feel yeah. so guilty because i watched it with ryan yesterday from a riverdale gang podcast he's like make sure you talk about the diversity in this show and then i didn't so i've let everybody tell down. him to talk about it on but his own I, podcast uh, <laughs> well, it's significant. It's cool. It I'm is. Glad it's. It, 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 it is. a lot awesome. of really awesome. Yeah. There was a lot of really awesome moments in this. So, and there was more than one Asian character in the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was yes. quite something. Yeah. Yes. Uh, awesome. Matters. Awesome. I. I. Cool. That's it. We're done. Thank you guys for listening. We'll. Uh, we'll. We'll catch you on the next one. See you next time. Bye. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>